Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, all right. Well, today, I just wanted to start off with a, with a quick announcement. I am going to be taking the next uh, two Thursdays off of creating new content. So I won't be doing any new content on my YouTube channel or the, uh, the podcast um, not counting the first 10 minutes of today. But what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to play some old school uh, audio that I recorded when I was a fresh face on YouTube. This is probably one of my first 10 videos, I would say. This is I wasn't as hardcore back uh, back then. Um, this is you know a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. And I did a video responding to a Matt Chandler video about white privilege. And I think you'll notice a difference in sort of my demeanor. I don't have as quality of a microphone, but also I'm a little bit, um, hmm, let's see, how should I put this? I don't, I don't know if nicer is the way to put it, but but I was not as hardcore, let's just say it that way. But I think the content is really good because Matt Chandler's video on white privilege is bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad, but but the, the, the commentary that I give is, I think, pretty constructive. So I'm not just ripping him apart or anything like that. I, I think I'm offering some pretty constructive criticism, uh, and you'll see that I actually say that, you know, I don't, not that I'm trying to throw shade anybody's way or anything like that. Um, but what's interesting about this is that this is one of the videos that really taught me that no matter how nice or how measured or how nuanced you are, you're always going to have people that if you disagree with someone that they like, they're going to call you a hater. They're going to call you this and that. In fact, this is one of the videos that, I mean, caused somebody to disown me. To completely disown me, to treat me like an unbeliever over this video. And so you're going to hear the audio of this. And then you tell me if you think this is, I think this is extremely measured. Um, so, but anyway, I hope you find it helpful. Excuse the low quality of it. Uh, this was before I knew what I was doing and still, still to some degree don't know what I'm doing. But uh, I hope you enjoy it. And it's going to be about 30 minutes long. So we're going to do about 10 minutes of it today. And then I'm going to drop another 20 minutes of it next Thursday on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. So I hope it's helpful for you. And, you know, go ahead and read. Uh, uh, go ahead and, and, and message me um, if you have any comments about it or if you want me to do any other Matt Chandler material. I would be glad to do it, although I will warn you that I'm more hardcore now. Now, the reason I wanted to show this audio and I wanted to have you show you uh, a little bit of, of, of an old school video that I did is because recently there was a, um, a video that came out from Sovereign Nations, Michael O'Fallon, where he interviews two atheists. And a lot of people are criticizing the video because he interviews atheists. It's like, well, why why do we have to learn this from atheists? Aren't there any Christians that know this stuff? And the, the it's an interesting uh, objection. Anyway, uh, let's get back to it. So Sovereign Nations, they put out a video called The Trojan Horse. So if you want to look it up on YouTube, look up Sovereign Nations and Trojan Horse. And it's about a 90-minute video where, again, Michael O'Fallon is interviewing two atheists about critical theory. And... These two atheists, one of them is named James Lindsay, the other is named Peter Bogosian. These are experts on critical theory. And some people were saying, and it's a really good video, and I think most people are saying, you know, it's a, it's a good video. There's a lot of good information here and all of that. Um, but some of the critics are saying, look, th th these are atheists, right? So why, why do we have to learn from God-haters? That's how I've seen people put it. God-haters. 
Why are we learning from God-haters? Aren't there any Christians that understand critical theory like this that we could learn from? And the answer is yes, there are. <laughs> there are definitely Christians that understand critical theory very well. So, so what is the value of bringing in these God-haters? And look, let, let's just be honest. Like, I'm, I'm, look, call me a fundamentalist if you want, but you know, I don't necessarily have the need to call an atheist a God-hater just automatically. But let's just be honest. Theologically speaking, atheists hate God. It's just no question about it. And so they hate God. They don't like his church. And so why would what will be the value of talking to a couple of atheists about a problem that's manifesting itself in the church? It's a good objection when you think about it, you know, for a second, it's very easy to see what the value would be. And here's what I um, here's what I have to say about this. If you got a Christian to tell you about what's going on in the church, that would be valuable in a different way. But the problem is you run the so 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 yes, it would be ideal to hear from a Christian so that they can give you Christian biblical solutions to the problem that they see, right? That would be that would be awesome. But there is a downside to it. And I get I get this this downside is thrown to me all the time. What you get what you hear is something like this. This is this is this is a quote from someone. You're just a thunder puppy. You're trying to make a name for yourself by going after Matt Chandler, and you're trying to draw attention to yourself by building your platform by going after Russell Moore. You're just trying to take shots at the leaders so that you can take their position. And you see that that I could oh anybody could be accused of that at any time. And so it doesn't take much to come up with an accusation like that to, against me. Um, and to some people, that has weight, that that carries weight, right? And so I could tell you all day long, I don't want the conference speaking gigs. I don't want a book deal. I don't want any of that. I could tell you that, but it doesn't matter. You still won't believe me if you decide that that's the route you're going to go to criticize. You're not going to criticize my actual word. You're just going to say, well, you, you you just want their platform. You're just jealous of Matt Chandler, you see? And so, so you can bring personalities into it. So in other words, you can say, well, Adam, you, you, you're jealous of Matt Chandler, and that's why you're attacking him. That's why you did this video about white privilege. And so uh, whether or not it's true that's irrelevant, that's the argument. And so the value of bringing an atheist in is he doesn't have that baggage, at least against the specific personalities. You might say, well, he has baggage against the church. And okay, uh, granted, fine, fine. But you can't say, well, you're just jealous of Matt Chandler. You want his platform. Because obviously an atheist doesn't want a Christian platform. He doesn't care about that. He cares about his own platforms, theoretically speaking, right? The other thing that's that's valuable about it is that it's what's amazing about this video, why I recommend it to you so much, I told Mike this, Michael O'Fallon, the person who, uh, who created this video. I said, look, this is like being in the Super Bowl and somebody hands you a photocopy of the opposing team's playbook. That's what this video is like. You, you, you're getting a window into the plays they're going to run. You get their signals. And all of a sudden, you know when you see, when you hear the, the quarterback call out, Omaha, Omaha, you know exactly the play they're going to run. So you can run your own play to, to, to counter it. That's what this video is like. And what's amazing about this is it proves the fact that these guys, these two atheists who do not watch Matt Chandler videos, who do not study Russell Moore videos, who do not spend any time reading Doug Wilson's blog, at least much time, I'm assuming, this is not their area of expertise. They're not like me. They don't watch Matt Chandler videos like crazy. Now, sadly, I do do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
So, so if they're able, and, and numerous times in this video, you will hear them predict what they think so, people in Christianity that promote critical theory, what they're going to say. There's like four or five times in this video where they say, you're going to start to hear this in your church. And Michael Fallon stops and goes, oh, yeah, that's like a literal quote from something that Russell Moore said the other day. And they're like, see, told you. And this is the point. They're able to predict exactly the moves that guys like Russell Moore, guys like Russell uh, Jamar Tisby, guys like Matt Chandler, they, they can predict the plays that they're going to run without any knowledge of the fact that they've already run these plays. And that proves that this theory, these ideas, all of this stuff does not come from Scripture because these two atheists do not study Scripture in that way. And so if they can tell you the exact thing, one of the, one of the quotes was, um, this is what James Lindsay said. He said, eventually you're going to start to hear this in your church. He says, if, if we don't have room for so-and-so in our church, then we don't have room for any of us. And that's a literal quote from Russell Moore. And he didn't know that. He just said, this is the theory. He understands the theory and he knows the plays they're going to run. And so he can predict easily what is going to be said at the next SBC convention. And it's not because he's a prophet. It's not because he's a genius. It's because he studied critical theory. He understands how it works. He knows the plays they're going to run. And it's like, if he can predict this stuff and all the moves they're going to do, that shows you that it comes from a different worldview. It comes from critical theory. It comes from a different religion, not Christianity. And that's the value of having these atheists talk about this stuff because they don't have to be experts on Christian theology or Christian theories of social justice to predict the moves of Russell Moore and Jamar Tisby. All they have to do is study critical theory. And so that the value of having that information, not only having the opposing team's playbook, but also having some strong evidence that this is not coming from Scripture. It's not being driven by the Scripture. It's being driven by critical theory, something that James and Peter Bogosian have studied very well. There's a lot of value in that. Now, James and Peter Bogosian, when it comes to solutions, biblical solutions, you shouldn't listen to them, obviously, and they probably would admit that. If you want to have a biblical solution to this social justice mess, probably you wouldn't go to James Lindsay for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy that. I'm going to actually link to that video in the comment section of this podcast. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to mention that um, just kind of right off the bat today. So what I'm going to do again, I'm going to take the next two weeks off. I'm going to play two videos, first 10 minutes of it today, the next 20 minutes of it next week of an old school video from A.D. Robles responding to Matt Chandler. Hope you find it helpful. Hello, my name is Adam Robles, and today I wanted to respond and interact with a video that was produced by the Village Church. Um, the video features Pastor Matt Chandler talking about the issue of white privilege. And um, I thought it would be helpful to sort of interact with this viewpoint. Um, as you will see, Matt Chandler is a white guy probably the whitest guy you'll ever see. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the purpose of the video is it's not, not that I want to have a disagreement with a famous pastor, um, not that I want to, you know, instill any kind of suspicion on him. You know, I hope when you, after you watch this video that you don't see all of his teaching as somehow suspect, because that's not the case. I, I probably agree with Matt Chandler on 90% of things. Um, but, I, but I think he's wrong about this issue. And, um, I wanted to talk about why I think that. And I, I think also, um, you know, his heart is in the right place. He does seek to help um, race and ethnic uh, issues in the United States right now. I think that's what his intention is. But actually, I think the way he presents white privilege 
doesn't do that. In fact, I think it does the opposite. I think understanding what what is called white privilege in the way that Matt Chandler does actually um, hurts minorities. Um, and so um, that's why I wanted to do this interaction. You know, again, it's not from a place of I just want to, um, you know, you know, insult a, a pastor. It's nothing like that. I, I just think that, um, you know, there are you know, there, it is possible to disagree with someone in a respectful and loving way with the same goals, because I think that Matt Chandler and I have the same goals, uh, ultimately. And so I wanted to sort of interact with this a little bit. Um, I'm going to start and stop it. It's a very short video, but I'm going to start and stop and, and talk about some of the points here. Um, and so, you know, let, let's just get right to it. So growing up, um, he, he, here's what that looked like for me. Um, when I sat in school growing up and learned about the history of the United States of America, I, I opened up our books, I had to write reports. Uh, I saw in those books and read the stories of and wrote reports on people who looked like me. And then when I turned on the television, uh, by and large, at any moment in time, when I turned on the television, what I saw was people who looked like me. Uh, and then when I got magazines, or when I got books, or when I played with toys, or what, what I saw repeatedly were people that, that looked like me. At, at almost any given moment, I was surrounded by people who looked almost just like me. And so really, the, the entire experience uh, of my life has been one of, I. I can easily find people that look like me. Almost all my understanding of what made America great is because of efforts and, and the work ethic of people like me. And I'm, I come from a, a, a lower class um, Anglo family. And, and so my story is kind of the American dream, pulled myself up by my bootstraps, right? worked hard, learned to work hard from my daddy, um, yada, 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 right? I, I could go on and on there. But, but what happens in, in that kind of upbringing, which, which is fine, is that there were some lenses put over my eyes in, in which I saw the world through those lenses, um, not knowing what those lenses are. And, and so if I could kind of just be straight at what I'm talking about is, is that I, I have grown up with this invisible kind of bag of privilege, this kind of invisible toolkit that, that I can reach in there at any given moment and, and have um, this type of privilege that a lot of other brothers and sisters don't have, don't. Okay, um, so this is where I want to start. He talks about this invisible bag of privilege that he has. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't know how old Matt Chandler is, but I would imagine that we're pretty similar in age. He's probably not that much older than I am. Um, so, you know, you know, I think we probably played with the same kind of toys. We probably uh, watched the same TV shows. We probably read the same newspapers and, and magazines and stuff. And, um, you know, so our, our, our upbringings from a media perspective, from a cultural perspective, were, were somewhat similar, I would assume. Um, and... I can't help but thinking when I when I hear this is all of these things that he, he mentions seem really trivial to me. Um, you know, the toys that we play with, uh, the TV shows that we watch. I mean, I'm not denying that they can't have some kind of a formative influence on how you see the world as an adult. Um, but, you know, is, is this really what we're talking about when we talk about white privilege? Because all of those things, except for he, he mentions history and doing book reports and learning about the, the world, that one's less trivial. But but the toys and these things, is this really what we're talking about? Because I don't think that's what 
most people are talking about when they're talking about white privilege. Most people are talking about sort of this um, institutional, you know, the, all of our systems, all of our uh, institutions are inherently set up to favor white people. Um, that's what most people are talking about. That's a lot more serious of a charge. And so um, I thought it was kind of odd how he talks about these things that are just, they seem very trivial to me. Um, and that's his example of sort of this white privilege. Um, but we'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Possess. And, and so what happens when you have my upbringing and even my current reality um, is that you're forced to, if you're not careful, if you don't let the gospel kind of purify your heart, if you don't lean on the word of God to shape your understandings, uh, you, you begin to judge harshly those who, who can't quite get to where you are. So I don't understand what that has to do with toys and TV shows, right? So if you're judging harshly uh, other ethnicities, is essentially what he's going to say, um, uh, that's, a, that's a problem and we want to address that, but I don't really know what that has to do with the toys that you played with or the TV shows that you watched. Um, because again, I've watched the same TV shows. I've watched, I've played with the same toys and, um, this kind of judgmental harshness, um, I wasn't, I, I didn't grow up with that. So, um, it's something else that's at play here. I don't know what the toys and the different things that he mentions have to do with it. And you will begin to see that getting people to where you are is what's normative. And so if I could just kind of lay it all out there, what I'm talking about right now is white privilege. And so I listen, I and I know some of you are already reaching to kind of click out. Nothing makes Anglos more angry than the idea of white privilege. But let's just talk for a <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Probably nothing makes uh, white people more uh, antsy than, than this idea of white privilege. And I think obviously so, because, um, you know, when people are talking about white privilege, um, they're talking about it in, in a such a way that it's almost like the ultimate sin, right? Because um, they're not talking typically about the toys that you played with and the TV shows that you watch. They're talking about this sort of collective guilt that white people have because they've set up a system that favors them. And not just with the toys that they play with, with like, you know, economic policy and things like that. This is, this is a much more serious conversation than he kind of initially um, presents it as. And so, um, yeah, people uh, do get uh, uppity. That it, The idea in, in the secular culture is that even if you aren't racist, even if you don't do anything or think anything racist, you're still sort of guilty because of the color of your skin. Um, and that's why I think, you know, white people get all fancy and they get all upset about it because it's a serious charge. Um, and so um, that being said, um, if you're white and you were watching this, this video, resist the urge to just shut it off because I know you're used to seeing the crazy lunatics that, you know, they'll shout you down and say, you don't have an opinion because you're a white male. You don't get to talk. I know you see that out there. That is out there, but that's not what this is. And not, and, 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 and you won't get that every time. So I would recommend that whenever you see someone talking about this, take a deep breath, swallow hard and, and just hear them out because you're not always going to get the insanity that you see out there. And I know it's out there. So let's not deny that. There are a lot of crazy ideas regarding white privilege out there, but not all of them are crazy. And so I would recommend that you continue to listen um, 
to Matt Chandler or, or anybody really. Well, I hope you found that helpful. Don't forget to tune in next week for the conclusion of my audio. This is an original old school AD Robles video response to Pastor Matt Chandler talking about white supremacy. I hope you found this helpful. God bless.